with Counselor Mandy Bird. Here, you'll learn practical tools for navigating your losses and hear inspiring real-life stories from courageous people who have moved through their losses and found hope, their own authenticity, and how to give back to the world. And now, your host, Counselor Mandy. Hi, welcome to Finding Hope. I'm Counselor Mandy Bird, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you all. Today, we're going to be speaking about grief. We're going to be speaking about grief and the pandemic and about COVID-19 and the grief that we ourselves are carrying and our loved ones are carrying. And my guest for this show is the one and only Chris Saadi. Hi there, Chris. Hello, Mandy. Great to be with you. It's always so awesome to have you on the show. And as always, my producer, Cindy Bolero, my right-hand woman. Hey there, Cindy. Hello. Hello. Cindy. <laughs> well, I am happy today to introduce Chris Baati, who is an author, a psychological and philosophical teacher, a trainer of professionals, and a life coach. After years of serving as a psychotherapist in private practice, Chris spent two decades training therapists, coaches, and the general public in two of his models, Integra, Six Keys for Heart-Centered Living, and The Quest for Individual Authenticity and Global Solidarity. To date, Chris has led nearly 250 multi-day cutting-edge workshops. Born in Beirut, he was involved in the peace and humanitarian work for 14 years before and during the Lebanese War. The difficulty of those times led him to develop a great respect for freedom, authenticity, diversity, peace, and a passion for justice and solidarity, especially for children. Chris recently published his fifth book, Rebellion of the Heart, which I'm happy to say I have a copy of, and I love it. It's beautiful and so powerful. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you very much. Uh, and I, I want to quickly ma- mention uh, Katie Cassette, who is uh, an artist who has decorated my book with her paintings. And uh, so the, the, the Rebellion of the Heart is also filled with the paintings of Katie Cassette, which are really powerful. And she is such a soulful and skilled artist. Mm, Yes, she is. Yes, she is. What a phenomenal book. Well, I I want to say to the listeners that I felt that it was so important in this first season of Finding Hope that we dedicated an episode to speaking about grief during the pandemic and and for me there would be no one truly else on the entire planet that i would want to have this conversation with other than chris saadi chris has been an amazing um mentor and teacher to me around grief and is also my colleague and co-author in our upcoming book so chris thank you again for being on the show I want to ask you a question that is really heavy on my heart right now. I see so many people that I know and my clients and people that I don't know, acquaintances, strangers, people that I'm aware of, people are hurting and are grieving during this pandemic. 
And one of the things that I'm seeing is people feeling guilty and struggling with shame around the grief that they feel during this pandemic. And I thought it would be so helpful if we could give them support and ideas and really normalize, my God, that we're in a pandemic. I want to open it up in that way, Chris. What's on your heart around what I just stated? Yes, so important what you said. Uh, There is great, great grief in the land. Great grief in the land. You know, there are times in history that are history-defining moments where we go through epic wounding. And, of course, the Second World War was a time like that and, and um, other big events, 9-11 and so forth. And this is one of those big events, that pandemic. I mean, 100, more than 175,000 people dead and millions and millions of people affected and businesses closed and parents that uh, have to be with their kids day in, day out without any of the support that they used to have. Older people who are isolated. This is a time of great tragedy, of great tragedy, great collective tragedy. And it's a history-making moment. So, and, and what happens in history-making moments, if we can honor that grief, if we can feel it, and honor it and respect it and not try to cover it up, but really face it, face it and honor ourselves for surviving it and for going through it. Then, like we say in our book, I mean, uh, Mandy, the title of our book is uh, Your Tears Are the Source of Your Passion. So what happens in these moments is great creativity is released in the land. I mean, after every one of these big defining epic wounds, great visions were released in the land. So this is a time for us to mine, uh, first of all, honor and respect our wound because it is big. It is really big. And second, mine it, find in it great love and great vision because it is opening our soul at a very, very deep level. And it's releasing waters of, of love and waters of vision and waters of creative passion if we can allow that to happen. That's so powerful and so important, Chris. And I, I know this is something you and I have, have taught and um, we co-authored a, a seven-step um, process, even a of, of how to help people move through their grief journey. And, right. and this is so key, the honoring of our grief that, you know, what I'm taking from what you're saying is that if I, if I, if I don't honor my grief, if I ignore it, if I repress it, if I numb it, I'm going to miss out on the great vision that can come to me and the gifts and the treasure that can come to me. So, so what you're saying is we have, to have, we have to have the courage and the bravery to keep our, to stay awake and alive and to have a meaningful life and to move through our grief. We have to have the courage to feel it and honor our grief, to respect it, and that that, when you said to mine it, 
it means we have to dig for it. We have to be willing to open our hearts so we can receive that incredible creativity. Very much so. And, and the more we expect it, like you and I have talked together so much about that, the more we expect how big the wound is, how big the wound is, how big the grief is in the land, the more than we expect ourselves and our mates and our children and our loved one and our community for responding to something that big. When we minimize the wound, when we minimize the grief, we minimize ourselves and we minimize our mm-hmm. own response. This is a time to realize the greatness of how each one of us is dealing with this epic moment. The courage that is out there, the love that is out there, I mean, from the essential workers who are putting their life on the line to keep us alive and keep our boxes and food coming to the door, to the nurses, to the doctors, but to the mothers and to the fathers and to the, to, to the sons and the daughters and, and to the older people and to um, the, the people trying to keep their business alive. There is a heroic response that we are going through, and that needs to be honored. So the more we yeah. can acknowledge, not repress our grief and not minimize the wound, the wound, we can deal with the big wound. We have to honor it. We have to respect it. We have to say, yes, it is big. And so is our response. And so is the opening of our hearts. Because if we do mm-hmm. not repress the pain, if we do not minimize the pain, our heart opens up. And as our yeah. heart opens up, we find that there is so much more love in that heart, much more than we ever thought. There is so much more love to discover and to give. So the truth, the truth frees us and the truth honors us. And then we can honor our children, and honor our mate, and honor whoever is in our life for how overall wonderfully they are dealing with such a big a big shattering life shattering and history shattering event Mm. i'm so moved by hearing you say when we minimize our wound we minimize ourselves that that touches me so it's so profound, and, and I really want our listeners to take that in, that, that we, you know, we get it. I just want to say, I, I know when I look around in our society, how, you know, we really are encouraged to minimize our wounds, and that what we're saying to you right now, um, you know, that's, that it's, it's not, a, you know, it's not, it's not a popular statement. And it's such a necessary statement that when, when we no longer minimize our wound, when we honor it, when we feel it, when we have the encourage, when we have the bravery and the courage to experience it and feel it, how it takes us, as you're saying, more deeply into ourselves, into our authenticity and connects us with our heart and with our love. And that allows us to find our passion and to give love back to others around us. It's such a different approach to, to life when we're willing to, when we're cut, willing to feel 
as opposed to close off our feelings. So important, so important. You know, we think that if we repress the pain and we repress the grief, somehow uh, we're going to do better because grief and pain can weaken us. And it is, it is, they do weaken us if we repress our feeling and then we end up turning into that grief, into depression or into shadowy behavior. However, great wounds and great grief release greatness in us. They release a great wounds in us. And this is a time to be able to see the greatness in us and in our loved ones and to be able to honor it. You know, how beautiful when we go to our children or we go to um, an older person in our life or we go to a essential worker or a nurse and say to them, you know, it is amazing. It is amazing how you are dealing with this life-shattering moment. To go to, to, to our child and say, you know, I know it's very, very hard, you know, but you have the courage in you and you have the power in you to deal with it. And not only that, you are. You are dealing with, you know, nobody has to deal with anything perfectly. But I think right. to be able to reflect back to our children, to reflect back to our loved ones, how powerful is the way they are responding to this mm. incredibly anguishing and difficult time. As we, as we um, uh, uh, name the grief, so we can name the beauty and the power and the love in us that is responding to that grief. Wow. I love that. And I'm going to make sure that in the next 24 hours, I reflect back to people close to me how amazing they are showing up in this difficult time. I love that, Chris. Thank you. And I I want to say for our listeners that are saying, you know, they're listening and they're thinking, perhaps you might be thinking to yourself, okay, so I'm, I'm not going to minimize my wound. I'm, I'm going to honor it. I'm going to, I'm going to feel it. What are some practical tools that can help me with the difficulty of feeling this grief? You know, what can help me during this pandemic around my grief journey? And what, what right now for you, Chris, is a tool that is supporting you with your grief? You know, Mandy, there's two things that come to my mind, and let me say them, and then we can talk about them. One is authenticity, 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 authenticity. And the second one is self-nurturing at the edge. First of all, the authenticity is the the, the biggest tool that is helping me, and I know helps others, is that we have to allow ourselves to respond to this situation the way we uniquely and individually and authentically respond. There is no uh, cookie cutter answer. There is no, I should do this. And this is a time to really free ourselves from the I should and I must and I have to and the guilt and the injunctions and find, find your authentic, individual, particular, unique way of responding, and then honor Mm -hmm. and others around you their own particular unique way of responding. Mm -hmm. So this is the Mm -hmm. time where 
we can discover more of our authenticity. And as we allow that authenticity to speak, then we, we, we make another big step in claiming our authentic being now and, and, and for later. So yeah. the first is, is, you know, find your own unique way and respect others in their own unique way with dealing with grief and difficulty and, and the great uh, uh, anguish of, uh, and, and, and sadness and losses of COVID-19. The second yeah. one is, this is a time to, to sit down and say, how can I nurture myself at the very edge Given this reality, I mean, of course, a lot of us are stuck in our homes or if we go out, it's very limited and we have limited resources. We don't have our usual support. But in that reality, there are ways that we can nurture ourselves to the max. Maybe if you have yeah. access to the garden to, to try to go out, especially now in summer and, and soak in the sun and just allow yourself to have a moment where you can feel that nurturance. And, and I want to say one more thing, Mandy, about nurturance that you and I have talked about so much. You know, this is a time to really grasp the great gift of imagination and nurture ourselves in imagination. You know, our materialistic culture tends to forget the great, the humongous gift of imagination. We are, mm. as humans, beings of imagination. I mean, that's where vision and love and, and tomorrows come from. It's our imagination. So this is a time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you cannot fly to an island and sit in the sun in Jamaica and listen to music, but you can in your imagination. And imagination is right there for us. Take time to go like 20 minutes under the shower or outside or inside and let yourself Go in your imagination to that place where you can be the most nurtured and then soak mm. it in. And then keep that gift of imagination for the rest of your life because that is one of the great things we as human beings have, imagination. Wow, I am so... Um... I mean, my brain is just like <laughs> pulsating. I really... Uh, it's just, always around authenticity, always around how vital it is that we respect the truth of our own being. And, and, and in this case, the style in which, in which we grieve, the style in which you're moving through the pandemic, that you're not, as long as you're allowing yourself to be yourself and what you need. You're not doing it wrong. It's this incredible respect. What you're talking about is this respect for your own being and allowing others to be in their being authentically. If you, you know, it's allowing yourself to be as sad as you need to be, as anxious as you need to be, um, allowing that true authentic voice to be heard and not numbing it out. And I, I'm also, when you talk about the power of the imagination, it, it, it's like we have this incredible power within our own minds that we forget to connect with, you know, that we can go within our own minds 
to nurture ourselves in such a powerful way. Um, and and that that's something that no one can take away from you. I mean, that's something right. that you can access at any time um, to nurture your being at such a high level. And I know for many of us as small children, that was so awake and so alive. And as we, as we get older, somehow I think um, it gets robbed from us. And, it's a, and what you're talking about is a reclaiming of the imagination as a way to nurture and that these are things that are really helping you during this, um, this really, um, man, I mean, wild, strange land that we find ourselves in right now in 2020 yeah, it, during a pandemic. Very much so. It's an epic. It's an epic time. It's an epic wound. It's an it's a wound that will be remembered in history for a long, long, long time. And and I want to add one thing about this imagination. It doesn't cost money, and and it is something that we have if we can. And 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 the more we practice it, the more we have it. And it's something that can be done individually, but can be done as a family too. You know, it's a wonderful family tool to to sit around the table and say, okay, let's imagine. You know, we are on a trip in the mountains or, or, or we are uh, on a boat and, and let everybody contribute something to that image. And the image is very, very powerful. And one other thing I want to say, Mandy, about tool here that has helped me immediately that I say to myself, this is not a time for me just to survive. Yeah. This is a time for me to expand my love. And I think mm. this is a, a time where we have to say, how can I give? more love than I've ever given. Mm. Pick, up the mm. pick up the phone and, and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and tell somebody how much you respect them, how much you admire them, how much you love them. Allow your heart to, to, to express its, its amazing love. Love at all levels. Love is romance, love is friends, love is erotic, whatever love it is, but allow that to be able, this is a time to ask. The, the question is, how can I come out of these times have given, uh, 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 having given more love mm. than I have ever given in my life? And, and two, oh two quick examples. One is our, our dear friend and brother, Barry Sherman, that, um, uh, you know, every now and then he would, he would report like uh, tell me how much he appreciates me and how much he loves me and and how much he respects my work and and, and it's like so amazing to get to get these recordings and and so uplifting the other quick thing i want to speak about is um is um how people have have written that have gone through the horror of the concentration camp that when some of them said that what kept them alive was asking the question, not how can I survive every day, which of course we have to do our best to survive, but how can I love in the concentration mm -hmm. camp? Mm -hmm. And how that has, has uh, given them power. You know, when we give love, when we give love, that giving itself becomes power and uh, unleashes power in us. You know, we, we have not fully understood the power yeah. of love. Uh, individual yeah. and a collective level. We're discovering it. We're discovering it. But ask yourself every day, how can I give? 
how can I give love? Tremendously mm. empowering and takes us to another level. And, and to, to people in our family and in our community, but also to, to our nation. You know, how can yeah. I love my country? How can I love? I mean, we're coming up to an election. How can I show up and vote and offer my love for democracy, offer my love for justice, offer my love for um, a, a more human America than we have ever known? That's so beautiful and so powerful and profound, Chris. And I mean, truly, one of the reasons why I have worked with you so many years is this level of leadership that you bring and and aspire to and call us out to again and again. I mean, that during a pandemic, friends, that wisdom of asking yourself, how can I give more love? That, that that is, you know, a, a beautiful way to partner with your own grief. It's, it's a, it's, Chris, these words are from you, but it's, an, it's a powerful creative response. How can I give more love? And, and for me, finding hope is this podcast is, is one way that during a pandemic that my spirit said, I need to give love. What can I do? And, and how can I help? people out there in the world and bring love and, and thus the reboot of finding hope in the podcast. So what I'm seeing from my producer here, we'll be wrapping it up in just a few minutes. And I, I want to say that the power of that statement, how can I give more love? Can and I imagine, may I, that, yes, may I, before we end? Yeah. Yes. Okay, and yeah. you are such an example and such a model of that. I mean, here in this pandemic, and you have family, and you have children, and you have, and you moved your house, and you're so, I mean, it, it could have been that, you know, oh, I'm so busy, I don't have time for, for thinking about how I give love to my community. Yet, yet, you, you found the time, you created the time, and in the middle of this very busy, busy survival time, you created this podcast to be able to empower others, to help others. I mean, how beautiful, Mandy. And, and this, is, mm. this is what it's all about. And, and the, more, the more we do that, the more we ask, how can I empower others? How can I support others? How can I um, catalyze others? How can I, the more we find time to do that, the more we find ways to do that. And you are such an amazing model of that in these times. I mean, look at what you're doing. Mm, mm. Woo! Yes, 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 yes. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you, Chris. I want you're to say, welcome. friends, for yeah. those of you out there that are really hurting, if you begin to feel hopeless, reach out for support. Don't Stay in that pain alone. Reach out to your friends, to your family, to a professional, to your minister, to a local hotline. Don't suffer alone. No one deserves to be in pain and to feel stuck and be alone. Your spirit is worth it and you deserve that. Well, Chris, yes. as always, such an honor to speak with you. Um, you are truly 
one of the great minds of our time. And I want as many people as possible to hear your voice. And I want to remind you all, Chris has out a new book, Rebellion of the Heart, that can be found on Amazon. And you can find me at bird underscore Mandy on Instagram, on Facebook at Mandy Bird, and you can review this episode right here. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Finding Hope. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Mandy, and thank you, Cindy. Are you registered to vote? Headcount is a nonpartisan organization that works with the music and entertainment industry to get fans to vote. To update or check your voter registration status, go to headcount.org where you'll find all the information you need to be ready for election day. You can also request an absentee ballot, get information on early voting, find your polling place, or see what's on your ballot. Remember, that's headcount.org.